I've had so much on my plate before and not in the good like I have hella crab legs I'm gonna have a good time kind of way (laughs) (laughs) it's more like I didn't think it was going that direction but damn now I want to go back to Bacchanal and get those always going towards the crab legs like that is the only kind of too much on my plate that I want Welcome to another episode of Season 5 of the I'm Uncomfortable Podcast, the podcast for people who want to be okay with being uncomfortable. We're your hosts, Melissa and Vanessa, and today we are talking about setting and enforcing boundaries at work. Oh boy, do we have a lot to share about that. But before we get into what makes us uncomfortable about boundary setting at work, let's talk about the other ways that we've been uncomfortable recently. Nessie, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I do not appreciate the indigestion that happens with being 30. (laughs) I went out and I drank a lot this past weekend and I was so violently hungover that it took me an entire day to recover, literally laid in bed. And I don't appreciate it. And I thought it was the food that I'd eaten, but the only thing in common between the nights that I'd had the indigestion the next day was the alcohol so not a fan yeah not a fan so i could stop drinking but (laughs) it's like a experiment so you got to test it like a scientific way let's test it one more time blackout one more time no (laughs) (laughs) i'm a fun time though apparently i went for it like mosh pit and all (laughs) shout out to emo night emo night It was a good time. We live very different lives. (laughs) But I do want to go to emo night. But I will not go into a mosh pit. I don't think we live different lives. Just like parallel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well. (laughs) Am I still drunk? Okay. Let's move on. (laughs) This is what I mean. Like, it's very, like, opposite of the scale, I think, of what our experiences are recently. Hey, hey, hey. I need a break from being responsible. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I No judgment. It's just, it's just, it's just silly, you silly goose. I'm glad one of us isn't judging you. <laughs> okay. Can I talk about what's made me uncomfortable? Because, yes, I'm being an adult, which is not the uncomfortable. I guess it is uncomfortable being adult, but... I am currently trying to buy a house and buying a house is scurry. It's very scurry and also fun. I'm finding it kind of a fun kind of stress because I'm learning a lot. Um, the lingo of everything that my real estate agent the lingo. <laughs> says to me, I'm like, what? And I just laugh and ask him and proceed to ask him what everything means because I'm learning along the way. It's funny because I thought I did my research and knew a good amount, but when you're in it, you're like, oh, didn't know that was a thing. Didn't know that was a thing. You know how, like, (laughs) new moms talk about how, oh, and they never tell you X, Y, and Z about pregnancy or, like, having a baby. You just, you just, uh, you just find out when it (laughs) happens. I feel like that's similar. Okay, not motherhood and buying a house is not similar. I don't know where this comparison is going. But what I'm trying to say is that you... Are you drunk? (laughs) I'm drunk off of my chamomile tea, my shamamale. But yeah, basically, you don't know 
until you go through it. And that's what's happening to me right now. And it's uncomfortable because I feel kind of dumb. But at the same time, the other side of me is like, no, you're not dumb. You're just learning as you're going. And that's fine, too. We're all just out here faking it until we make it, y'all. Plus, the whole process of buying a house is so complicated for so many reasons and i think it's because so many people are right. involved what is this I, that, that's one of the things that made me like giggle because i was like what is this pop in circumstance why are there 26 pages to this offer letter and like all of this lingo i'm like can we just back up for a second like can't we just say like i want your house here's my money <laughs> yeah. and then they would say yes i will take your money here is my house <laughs> right yeah, why do we need to make it all this hullabaloo? I don't know. It's just funny. It's just funny. Anyways, it's an un- uncomfortable, but in a good way, I suppose. So Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on hopefully becoming a homeowner soon. We'll see. Crossing fingers. Hmm. Well, in order to buy a house, need money. And in order to get money, you need to work. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's actually dawned on us that we've both been struggling to figure out how to set boundaries at work, or at least we have struggled with it in the past. And whether that's identifying how to set boundaries, what proper boundaries even are, and when to enforce them, it's all a struggle. And we know we're not the only ones who have dealt with this because we've talked about it with so many people. Mm -hmm. We figured might as well talk about it on the show. According to author and motivational speaker Tony Gaskins, you teach people how to treat you by what you allow, what you stop, and what you reinforce. So we'd like you, our audience, right now to ask yourself, what are you communicating about your boundaries through your own actions or lack thereof? And you can have the ad break to think about it. And then once we get back, we'll start roasting you about your decisions. (laughs) (laughs) But no judgment. It's a safe space here. Welcome back. Hopefully you thought of what your answer would be, but don't worry, we won't roast you. Uh, We'll just (laughs) roast Vanessa by asking her the first question. (laughs) (laughs) What makes you uncomfortable about boundaries specifically at work? Let's start with that. All right. In my new role, I think a lot of it comes from not understanding my position (laughs) so much. Faking it till you make it. Right. I just, I mean, if you've ever been in a new role or a role that has been previously ill-defined, you know that sometimes it can be challenging to redefine what it is that you do and then Mm -hmm. have to either say yes or no accordingly Mm -hmm. to, to different asks on your time. But I think another piece of it, too, is just feeling guilty Mm. or feeling this need to prove that I can do it. Is it like a millennial curse or we just feel (laughs) this need to constantly prove that we're not weak? I never (sighs) want to say I'm too stressed. I have too much on my plate because it sounds so whiny to me. And I know those two things are so valid. I've had so much on my plate before and not in the good like I have hella crab legs. I'm gonna have a good time kind of way. (laughs) (laughs) It's. Like, I didn't oh think it was God. going that direction, but damn, now I want to go back to Bacchanal and it's get those always crab going legs. towards the crab legs. Like that is the only kind of too much on my plate that I want need. and <laughs> need. And work, I just I feel gross about it about mm. saying that I can't do it. So I don't know if that's similar for you or what, but that's where I'm at. That's funny because you're saying that part of it comes from 
not fully understanding your role because it is a fairly new role for you. Mm-hmm. And I just thought while you were saying that, like I've been with my um, current workplace for six years now and I'm going through this just recently in the past couple of weeks, I'm going through a transition of some of my responsibilities. I've offloaded some things off to uh, another one of my colleagues, but now I'm like in this weird limbo stage where I actually don't know um, exactly what <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, but for me, really, what makes me uncomfortable about boundaries specifically at work isn't so much about potentially feeling like I'm whining or complaining per se it's more so I just don't want to make it awkward at times when you have to enforce boundaries or put your foot down I is what I usually say Mm -hmm. it's gotten better over time but that's kind of what I find myself constantly struggling with when I do find myself in those situations of having to remind or enforce a boundary at work because at times I mean maybe this does plays into the the um feeling guilty because I am people have said about my work ethic that I one of my characteristics is I am a team player and I feel like, and I need to unlearn this, that saying no or enforcing a boundary makes me feel like I'm not being a team player and that oh. makes me uncomfortable. Um, in college, yeah, I had better people around me in high school <laughs> Well, do you feel like that comes into play at work, though, too? I'm sure there are other people out there who are also the star on the on the group project team. I'm glad that I'm not that I have people around me. Um, you know who you are if you're listening um, that support me and are stellar at what they do and support in supporting me. Um, and I hope that I am that to them as well. But yeah, I, I do. I have found myself in situations where I'm like, I'll just do that because it's easier for me to just do it myself instead mm-hmm. of delegate it out, even though I have a bajillion things on my list to do in addition to this thing that I've now added to it. Um, but yeah, I found myself, whether it's circumstances of a deadline that we need to meet or not really having the brain space or the time to properly delegate or train someone or provide them with that context. It's just like, I've always found, not always, I've found myself in situations where I'm like, I just, I'll just do it because it just Mm. makes it for easier and more efficient work. But again, to my detriment. In in terms of being able to set any boundaries, which one have, which ones have you been able to set and why those? One of those things that I am working on is what I just mentioned, trying to be better at delegating um, I want to say for the past year, I've I've done better at being clear, clearer. Um, obviously, I'm still trying to practice and get better at it. Being clearer about what's on my plate so that it's not me just saying or complaining or quote unquote complaining about, oh my gosh, I have so much on my plate. Being clear about, I have a lot on my plate. This is what I have on my plate so that it's clear that it's not me just being whiny. Oh, about like it. telling people, like being transparent of this is what I'm, I'm working on. Yeah, this is what I'm working on. Mm. How can I accomplish this on my plate while also doing this that you're asking me to do? That's such a good way to phrase it. I have not done that. 
Ever. Yeah, because every <laughs> anyone and everyone can say I have too much going on, but really to provide that context and to provide empathy in a way for the person yes. who's trying to throw more stuff on your plate to be like, oh, okay, I understand, can better understand. It gives them a little bit more to like chew on to be like, oh, yes. and understand your situation, and therefore, then the then it's in their court to be like, oh, well, maybe we need more resources in order to get X, Y, and Z done because Vanessa has too much on her plate because she has X, Y, and Z. So, and it's not crab legs, so she's not It ain't crab legs. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's something that I've been working on. It's, ov- it's, it's something that I for sure need to continue to work on. It's not perfect. But one that I have, I am proud of, is that I let my freaking phone, work phone die on the weekends. Hey. I, I used to take that thing with me everywhere even you did. I did. Everywhere. And I used to check in on the weekends. I mean, I'm grateful that I do have that separation that I'm not just using my personal phone as my work phone, uh, work cell phone. So I oh. am able to have that physical separation. Um, and yeah, I, I used to keep that thing charged at all times on the weekends. Now I just let that shit die. You know, I used to wonder about the work phone thing Mm -hmm. because my work has always just given us a cell phone stipend every month Mm -hmm. in lieu of giving us another cell phone to use. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't have to worry about carrying two phones around all the time. It's so annoying. Mm -hmm. But it's a double edged sword because I'm never not working because I'm either getting text messages all the time because it's my personal phone or... And then I have no excuse as to why I wouldn't have seen it, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm using my you phone. you have your phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I'm constantly seeing it in when I open my thread or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, to go message somebody. Yeah. So I'm more of a fan now of having a work phone. I understand it more now. Mm-hmm. Do some? I do just, you still have? Do you have that option? Or no? No. no. Damn. Yeah. I know. They just like want it to become our entire lives. I get it. <laughs> I don't know. That seems a little toxic. Um, <laughs> but what are the boundaries toxic. that? But what are the boundaries you have set, though? Well, along that same vein of of phone communication, I've tried to ask people or tell people Mm. that I will not respond to you after. And my boundary was wild before, y'all. It was 8 p.m. Yeah, I remember that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kept, I maintained it because I understood, like, our lives are crazy in in our jobs. But, and people were mostly, for the most part, good about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was also bad at not replying. I knew I didn't have to. Like, if I got a text at, like, 8.05. Oh, I know. I've been on calls with you <laughs> where you're responding to people. And I like the goss, the hot goss. Give me the hot goss. But, you know, at the same time, it's 8.05. Well, <laughs> the team I used to be on, I love them to death. But they are also people who were above and beyond on the group project type mm. people and so when all of you are like that there's this pressure the, it goes back to that guilt thing yes mm-hmm. and then if you don't you feel like you're the one slacking off on the group project and if that bothers you then you're more driven to do something but you see the it. issue there everyone is oh, thinking yeah. that like everyone's yeah, no, like I oh <laughs> i'm aware of the problem <laughs> you guys are all on hamster wheels chasing after each other I know it's terrible. It's the, it was the worst. <laughs> but the only redeeming quality about it is that I actually genuinely liked my team. Mm, good. 
<laughs> but it still felt like, oh my gosh, we need it's to It's like, stop. if it weren't you guys, I wouldn't be tolerating this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like I'd be more upset. Yeah. Uh, but then in my, in my new role, and hopefully if anyone's listening that has a new role, I actually just ask my manager if whatever is being asked of me makes sense within the vision of our res- our responsibilities and being able to say no. And she's been helpful in saying no when the ask does not align with the vision of the role. Mm. But I, I want to try what you said earlier about telling people, mm-hmm. you know, when they ask me, because it happens constantly, oh, can you do this? And I need to be able to say, actually, well, right now I'm working mm-hmm. on blank, blank, blank. So I'm, you know. I'm not sure if I can fit it in or like we'd have to like something. Yeah. Because I, I saying no is hard for me a mm-hmm. lot of the time. That's because I, I it, because I do want to help genuinely. Yeah. But it is still a thing I should be able to do. <laughs> it's hard to say no. You know, it's hard to say no. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What has um, speaking of things that are difficult to do, you know, what has been challenging about setting or setting or enforcing? I feel like enforcing you can set the boundary, right? You're like, yeah. All right, I'm not going to answer work emails or calls past 8 p.m. or past 6 p.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it's the enforcing part that is challenging. Yeah, the enforcing part is challenging. Or it can I... be. Maybe it's just challenging for us. <laughs> Are we alone? <laughs> Hello out there. Are we alone? I think we're... I just... Can anyone tell me? I feel like... <laughs> our our specific little age group of people mm-hmm. has a lot harder of a time maybe with that tension of I want to set a boundary I just don't know how mm-hmm. or how to enforce it mm-hmm. I can't say that it's been easy because it hasn't what's been challenging in the past has been feeling that guilt and yeah. I think what was even harder was the fact that I was a manager mm-hmm. and so being directly in charge of other people's responsibilities jobs lives in a way yeah. was a lot a lot to balance with you know my own and now I'm not managing anyone so I don't actually feel that same guilt anymore I don't feel that same tension yeah. which is really nice yeah well I so think for me it was finding a new role that was what helped <laughs> <laughs> well to to your point of is this a generational thing I think it is because I see a lot of people our age posting or I I mean I hope it's not like a quote-unquote trend but I think there is not that this we want this to be our camaraderie (laughs) it's our generation (laughs) but no I think a lot of people our age are recovering people pleasers there's something in our generation where we are constantly we attach our productivity to our worth, our, our self worth, and our like needing that validation. Yes. Yeah. So it's I annoying. can. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it's it's uh, an inconvenience. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So that in itself can make it challenging to enforce boundaries. Because for me, I feel like cool. I set this boundary. I'm not. You know, that's all well and good. And then every time I've come across a situation where it's been violated or I need to enforce it or reiterate it, I'm never mentally prepared for when that happens. It's hard to mental. I mean, it's hard. to prepare. We're going to share a little bit about how you can prepare for that. But that is definitely a challenge. Yeah. And so 
I just think that I guess I need to just be better at recognizing that when it happens, I, I should, you know, be able to have some tools in my toolkit of how I could respond in a productive way. Not that I'm like, not that I'm retaliating or anything, but I just feel like my reactions sometimes are not beneficial for me. I am, I kind of am in shock when I, when it's violated and I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, I didn't anticipate this. Well, since you brought it up, let's go ahead and pivot a little bit to talk about it. Let's explore it more. I'm sure a lot of us are dealing with this notion of how to respond when a boundary is breached. So it's breached. it's inevitable. <laughs> I know. Security alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable at some point that someone is going to violate a boundary. It's just it's going to happen whether they're doing it on purpose or if they just don't realize it. But you need to be prepared, Melissa, for this This event is what to I happen. mean. I need tools in my toolbox. Yes. So you need to visualize this boundary getting crossed, and then you're going to decide how to handle that situation. So we're going to imagine, okay. close your eye. Well, not if you're driving, but imagine <laughs> Safety first. that your boss emails you mm-hmm. on a Saturday. And Saturday is a boundary where it's a non-work day. For me, that was always the day mm-hmm. that I did not want to be contacted. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. It's Saturday. Leave me alone. <laughs> So visualize what your reaction is going to be and then create a plan of action. Will you reply right away with the answer that they want? Will you reply and say you'll respond Monday at work? Will you respond Monday and remind them of your boundary on Monday? Having a game plan in place helps to be prepared and avoid being hijacked by emotions. Hijacked. And this is not coming from me, so you can believe that it probably works. It's from an article called Why You Need to Set Boundaries at Work and How to Do It. So just visualize what re- your reaction will be. Interesting. This what is it? helpful, actually. Yeah. I closed my eyes and imagined it. And I, when, when you what said, you your, when you said, the moment you said your boss emails you on a Saturday, my, emotion in my face was like no <laughs> although sometimes my work entails like uh, weekend classes and work anyways besides the point but if um, you're not expecting it right 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 mm-hmm. um if saturday is a non non-negotiable non-work day um yes. i think i would respond i would respond and say that i would get back to them on monday because I would have, I anticipate that I would not have my work laptop with me and I would not be able to access whatever she's asking of me. So right. I don't even have the resources to respond to you properly. So so you would reply and say, I'm not able to reply right now, but I can get back to you on Monday. My reply is that I can't reply. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you were to say, you know, I can't reply to your request or your whatever because I don't have the resources that I would need to check that answer for you. I'll let you know on Monday. Yeah. I think that's a great response. I think it sounds silly to visualize what your plan would be, but this happened to me so often where I would get an email or a text or something on a day that I didn't want to, Mm -hmm. like a Saturday, and my reaction was always different. I would always be torn between, do I reply right now and actually answer? Do I not reply until Monday? Yeah, like, what am I I doing right now? I could reply right now. Right, and then I go back and forth. Well, I'm not busy. I could answer their question. But then that whole dance of what option do I take was so exhausting that and even if I just unclear. answered it, it sucked. And it was un- – right, because then you're being inconsistent about, oh, well, Vanessa's going to reply to me anyway, so it's fine to message mm-hmm. her on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it sends Instead a mixed of enforcing message. the boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. So have that plan mm-hmm. before. So set the boundary and have that plan of how to respond. Right. I think this is a golden tool. Yeah, I think that is a guesswork out of it. That is a good scenario to run through in your head. You know that when you're in the car and you go through, and maybe this is just me, but uh, you go through scenarios in your head and how you could respond to that. This is one of those. Like literally oh, walk yeah. through this and practice it. Um, you know, what else are you doing in the car other than listening to our podcast or listening to music? <laughs> so you should just practice that. You um, should. It goes back to our point earlier when we gave that quote from Tony Gaskins about you teach people how to treat you by what you allow, right. what you stop and what you reinforce. So tying it back to that, it, your response needs to reinforce whatever boundary you want to set. Yeah. Yep. Uh, such a good one. So in that in that vein or in on that note, have you or what are some successful situations where you have enforced a boundary that our listeners can can try other Ooh, than other than going through this scenario of visualizing has there been anything that has worked for you well I no think... <laughs> <laughs> no uh asking for help is is a new one yeah yeah i actually reach out and say hey i'm having trouble doing blank because before I would just suffer quietly Mm. and try to figure it out so that the other person wouldn't think I was dumb that was not a successful (laughs) or sustainable way to live and then to that point earlier that I was saying about not wanting to sound whiny or weak I really want to try saying something along the lines of what you shared earlier so if I spend my time on x there won't be enough time to do y Mm -hmm. and just being very transparent about what this new ask or request will take time away from. Right. Because to your point earlier, I think oftentimes that will ignite a little bit of empathy or at least collaborative problem solving with the other person yeah. who's making the request of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need to try that. Yeah. And I think I already, for me, I touched on it about delegating. It really ha- was a, uh, I didn't realize how big of a problem it was or a big of a boundary that needed to be set um, until I started enforcing it because it felt like one it's it shows growth being being okay with delegating shows growth in a couple of ways but what I've noticed is that it shows that I trust the people that I'm working with to just handle it Um, and it also it also shows that you know I hope that they trust me and that I'm delegating because I they can trust that I'm also working on a lot of other things. Um, right, so, it's not like you're doing nothing. Yeah, I'm like delegating and just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. Um, <laughs> that would be rude. <laughs> uh, definitely not doing that. But yeah, I just had to get over the idea that delegation was a cop-out or a, like you said, that guilt factor um, of looking like you are not a team player or you're not contributing what you're being mm-hmm. asked of. It's kind of the practice of s- switching perspectives or shifting perspectives, I should say, of what delegating means. You're helping the team as a whole. You're being a team player by feeling confident or being confident enough and trusting in your team enough to delegate. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that has been a huge learning moment or yeah moments for me when I I find myself needing to delegate um again it just goes with practice 
another thing that I thought of as you were saying that, that idea of delegating, you could reframe it in your mind because I know there's a tendency to want to be able to do it all. Yeah. So if you if you are concerned about the team being successful, another way to think about it could be if you take it on and you can't do it well, then are you really helping the team? Yeah. No. Because you're actually causing maybe more work in the end for both you and the rest of your colleagues Mm -hmm. if you don't do it well and it needs to be redone. So you might as well ask for help or delegate or something Mm -hmm. so it can just be done well the first time. Yeah, whether it's delegating to other other colleagues or communicating, like you said, being clear about not having the bandwidth to handle it and then putting it as in that collaborative um discussion of okay well if this needs to be taken care of how can we as a team accomplish it um yeah and i think yeah that has been some something again that i've been working on for for a while is that delegation factor but you know it all comes with practice we are all working on it one day at a time one experience at a time Mm -hmm. and we actually asked a few of our listeners for some input on how they have successfully set boundaries. So be on the lookout for that. As this episode comes out, we'll be sharing those tips and tricks so you can try them yourself. And hopefully you found this helpful. And you know you're not alone in working constantly on redefining and setting boundaries for yourself. So thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Instagram at imuncomfortable.podcast. If you enjoyed our episode today, please share it with your friends and leave us a review. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so we'll talk to you soon.